0: Hi everyone, water uh, water. Oh, boo 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 boo. Water bound. I can't even pronounce my name. All right, um, Walter Bound here. Uh, second installment. Uh, just going back into the archives for a little bit, uh, just to stock up on some episodes on the podcast. This one's about writing and about standardized writing. Um, uh, two years ago, one of my AP students, Hannah, um, won first place in the state of New Jersey for an essay about needing voice and capturing voice, uh, in student essays when teachers and tests and uh, the park and even the AP test, uh, you know, just kind of want this kind of, like, uh, formal academic kind of, uh, tone, right? Um, and that's fine sometimes, but, how frequent are you going to write a literary analysis in life? You know, you're going to write cover letters. You're going to write lots of different things. Um, and the one thing that she was uh, loved was the idea of uh, student voices missing. And in AP, I was trying to get the voice. You know, I, like, I gave the analogy of everyone has fingerprints. And... Um, when you talk to me, I don't even know. I can't even see you, but I hear your voice and I know who it is. So when I say when I read an essay from you, I want to be able to see your fingerprints. I want to be able to know who it is before I see a name. Uh, just like if I open Steinbeck, I open Hemingway, I open uh, Whitman or Emily Dickinson. I know that's an Emily Dickinson poem. Uh, I know that's Whitman, right? It might be Allen Ginsberg, but it's just, you know, but it's copying the style a little bit. But the idea is. You know capturing that voice and she won first place and she loved it and she was uh, a very capable writer and was like freed to be able to use that voice to communicate to express emotion and ideas and things like that and uh, another student of mine greg who was the valedictorian um of our class uh, of the school uh now at the honors college at rutgers i think he's a, a sophomore up there now um he wrote a great piece about how these essays from the park uh, were being graded by computers, right? Think about how awful that is. Uh, a human artistic endeavor graded, assessed by a computer that's looking for, you know, some sort of like uh, logarithm or whatever that thing's called, you know, like uh, just some sort of metric um and i said this is ridiculous and he thought it was ridiculous you know humans read and computers might be able to or they do or you know well this is a fragment or this is a comma splice but that fragment might be intentional it might be you know not that good but it's taking a risk and computers should not be assessing art should not be assessing student writing and again he won another award for that and he got it published i think he got it published in the philadelphia inquirer so I'm one who likes to have kids get published, have a voice. You know, kids are oftentimes voiceless; they are uh, don't have too much to say about how school operates and about the direction of their own lives. So, um, and this essay was published in the Inquirer. Um, I said, "Great uh, tests uh, cannot measure uh, tests. Standardized testing cannot measure great writing." So, uh, I hope you enjoy it. Let me know what you think. Uh, As always, I'm open to feedback. I'm an open-minded person. Uh, As Rush says, uh, you know, Getty Lee, uh, my mind is not for rent by any god or government. So, you know, I'm an independent thinker. And uh, I'm meant to be wrong when I am wrong. Um, And uh, make me change my mind. Thank you so much.
1: Standardized tests can't measure great writing by Walter Baum, published in the Philadelphia Inquirer, December 17, 2015. My Grandmother, Sandra Cisneros. This story is about prejudice and stupidity. My own, Michael Kaufman. Still, I kept waiting to see Jesus. Langston Hughes. But this is not the way out. Martin Luther King. These writers... May have all failed a standardized test for any number of infractions. Fragments, one sentence paragraphs, use of dialogue, too much voice, not directly answering the prompt, and use of contractions. As a teacher of journalism, composition, and rhetoric, I spend the first semester reteaching writing. For two decades, this has been my battle. The problem? Standardized testing forces monochromatic writing, which I also call cookie cutter, formula writing, process writing. Students haven't taught to write cookie cutter. The word standardized means to make uniform. And as Einstein famously said, standardization makes for great automobiles, but lousy human beings. Uniforms look great on the Yankees, but not on compositions. And that's the big issue with standardized testing. Kids write a carbon copy of each other. Professional examples of amazing writing defies their standardized and largely wrong education. Transitions are first, second, third. You are never to begin an essay with and or but. Paragraphs always need at least five, four sentences. I share my own writing. I share my first draft, and then I reveal my edits, and then a published story. I even have them hack away through a new draft. I show that while I know the rules, I also know when to break the rules. This is called narrative risk. It's what separates those who just throw words on paper and those who manipulate the power in words. Teachers have been teaching to the test for eons now. It doesn't matter if it's NJS or PARC or Iowa or SBAC or Alaska or North Korea. The producers of tests offer expensive manuals to teachers, but the best manuals exist in the New Yorker and the New York Times and the Atlantic Monthly or, surprise, in the local newspaper. Another problem arises when students need to propose and defend a thesis. They want prompts. They struggle to propose an original thesis. After all, there's always a prompt. But no one gave me a prompt for this essay. No one gave Melville a prompt for Moby Dick. Well, no. That was perhaps Hawthorne's influence. Now, the problem continues with generating examples to defend the thesis. The process is long, laborious, and oftentimes glorious. It just takes time. Most of the time, too... It hurts me at home to assist my daughters. I use model essays and speeches, books on composition and rhetoric, even Aristotle's The Art of Rhetoric, to guide instruction. I have my daughter, Nancy, read various ways to effectively begin an essay, with historical anecdotes or personal anecdotes, with a startling claim or humor, with irony or fact, but she says she will get in trouble because she does not respond to the prompt in the direct manner. My teacher will get mad, she said. So all of my instructions get canned for a canned assessment. And a good place for such an essay is in the can. The trash can. My daughter knows she doesn't want to write cookie cutter. She wants to find her voice, her style, her fingerprints. But individualized voices do not exist in this era of standardization where all individual prints vanish. Writers know the secret. Practice, practice, practice. Practice. Failure, patience, revision, failure, time, revision. But such things have no place in standardized testing. I may have been a poor quiz taker, but I thrived as a writer. And I'm a better teacher because I know that certain measures only show narrow aspects of knowledge and understanding. It's like a soccer player who only practices an hour a month. Writers need to write, soccer players need to run. I forget who said that I don't know what I think until I read what I wrote. After all, writing is a tool like a shovel. Standardized tests exist in an artificially timed window that rarely exists to writers and readers in the outside world. In college, a research paper may take one student 10 hours, while another student may need 30. In the kitchen, I can make an omelet in 5 minutes, while it would take my wife 10. Well, She is neater and makes a tastier omelet. Even newspaper writers under a midnight deadline have time to sip coffee, reread, and revise. But what PARC and SAT and AP evaluators evaluate are students zero drafts. Some students are good at this. They are quick right out of the gate. Most others need time. They need critical distance. I've come back to this essay now four times within six hours. What kid has seven hours to write an essay in a school-based assessment? What I'm writing is real-world writing. Some of my best writers, writers that have won Walt Whitman Awards and South Jersey National Organization of Women Awards and International Writing Awards for Peace, have scored poorly on the SAT or AP writing promise because of the timed aspect. I tell them, Hemingway and Steinbeck and Wharton never wrote under duress or under the clock. You know you're better than what this measures. You're more than your number. And who is just measuring you? It's one of the reasons I believe that the SATs have made the essay optional. It does not mirror what actually happens in college. And it's also very expensive to grade. I recall what Maya Angelou writes in her essay, Mama, the Dentist, and Me. I preferred, much preferred, my version. I'll take personality and individuality any day. As I recall from the opening of Fahrenheit 451, if they give you ruled paper, write the other way. After all, writing is an act of rebellion. Just ask, Jefferson.